49ers You've Got Mail podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm your host, Lindsay Polaris, and today we have a combine edition of the podcast. I am joined by Arizona Cardinals team reporter, Danny Sarek. Danny, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. I'm excited to talk a little NFC West. Our teams definitely have plenty to talk about. Plenty to talk <laughs> about. Um, and I wanted to start, this is your second combine. So just uh, tell us about just the excitement of being here. It's kind of the first big event of the offseason. Yeah, it's very exciting. I think especially the fact that there's a lot going on with the Cardinals. New general manager, Imani Awesomefort, new head coach, Jonathan Gannon. That staff is very close to being finalized, which is exciting. Um, Gannon obviously was coaching in the Super Bowl with the Eagles and then was hired shortly after, hours after, <laughs> by the Cardinals. So things have been moving rather quickly, although time is of the essence. So, Always, yes. Yeah, so there's a lot going on at the Combine, um, but it's been really exciting. And it, it feels very energized having this new regime being in the office and, and the moves that they're making and the hires they're making and what they're envisioning for this team. So being here at the Combine is exciting. Our department definitely has lots to do, which from a content standpoint is great, of course, um, but it's been exciting. And, uh, you know, you kind of touched upon it, but early impressions of them sounds like they are movers and shakers getting in the building, getting a lot of stuff done very quickly. Yes, very energized. Um, Gannon, he brings that energy <laughs> and that passion and it is you can feel it. I mean, and it trickles down to everyone else. And I think you can notice that in just the conversations I've had with coordinators and other coaches. Um, and Monty Osenfort, the new general manager, talking with the scouting department and just how much they've enjoyed the knowledge that he has shared and the philosophy that he's kind of bringing. Um, I'm not sure how much the philosophy from a draft perspective will change again, just because it is such short notice maybe yes. not short notice but not, not a lot of <laughs> yeah, time to really a make time, a lot of those yeah. changes um so we'll see moving forward but but you can definitely feel the difference in energy and they've they've given off some great first impressions so some big roles changing for the arizona cardinals also no new news here uh there is also quite a bit of coaching turnover on the 49ers side uh defensive Former defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans took the head coaching position at the Houston Texans. He is now going to be followed up by defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes, who was recently hired. I have not had a chance to meet him yet, but this is the first time that general manager John Lynch has really kind of introduced the candidate that he was. Uh, I think it was very encouraging to hear that he is similar to D'Amico Ryans in the sense of having just a very strong uh, presence in the room, commands the room. He's a player first guy as well. And we heard from John Lynch yesterday and he said that, you know, after such a successful year, number one overall defense for the 49ers, there's not a desire to change a whole lot. So you want somebody that can come in and take over and have a, a pretty similar coaching philosophy. Um, next thing I did want to talk about, another similarity between the Cardinals and the 49ers, some season-ending injuries at the quarterback position. What uh, updates do you have on Kyler Murray and uh, suffering an ACL injury? So there is no real update quite yet. Um, he did have successful surgery, so he's working through that rehab now. Um, he's been at the facility in Arizona working hard, and that's something that Awesome Ford and Gannon both touched on separately weeks ago um, at their first press conferences, seeing Kyler Murray around the facility and how hard he's been working. Something they both touched on at the podium here at the Combine as well, that there is no set timetable for Kyler Murray to return. He is still attacking his rehab. However, they both talked about how happy they are with where he is at the moment. Um, the key, though, is you don't want to rush 
you don't want to rush any player back, um, but especially for this type of injury and the recovery that it takes and also the mental side of things. This is the first big injury that Kyler Murray has sustained throughout his entire playing career. And he is the type of quarterback that is known for being that dual threat, not just with his arm, but also with his legs. So Austin Fort and Gannon both reiterated that they're going to make sure he feels 100% ready to come back so that he can use his legs and feels confident in doing so. And uh, on the 49ers side, positive injury updates as well. Uh, we heard from general manager John Lynch that Trey Lance is progressing very well through his rehab work as well. He suffered a ankle fracture in week two of the 2022 season. He has started a throwing program and it was actually great to hear that John Lynch actually has uh, kind of a front row seat to his rehab work uh, just because Trey Lance is throwing right outside his office. So John Lynch is actually able to see him do his dropbacks. And uh, I think he was calling for wide receivers to be to start practicing with him at the facility. So we're very happy to hear that in terms of quarterback Brock Purdy. Uh, he is awaiting to get cleared for offseason uh, elbow injury. Uh, elbow injury. He suffered a he's going to need repair on his UCL and that was postponed due to some swelling in the elbow. So still waiting to see if he'll be cleared. He's actually in Arizona with his family. I do believe he's from Gilbert um, and just kind of awaiting to get further clearance on that. And then he can get to his recovery process as well. Um, so obviously let's talk about the event at hand, the draft. We're talking all prospects. What is the drafting strategy that the Cardinals are taking headed into combine free agency and some needs um, in terms of position? The Cardinals have the third overall pick, which obviously is not a position teams want to be in. However, it does present a lot of opportunities, and that's what Monty Austin Fort has talked about, that they are going to look at all of those opportunities, whether that is making a pick third overall or having the phone lines open. Also for it said they haven't had any calls yet, but there is still plenty of time. Still very those, early. <laughs> yes, those phone lines are open, which could allow the Cardinals to have some more draft capital. However, I also wouldn't be surprised if you do make a pick third overall just because of the needs and you can get a premier player who can come in and be a game changer right away and maybe they decide to make another uh, make a trade later on in the draft because they do pick so high in in every round and you can get capital that way so there's options for the Cardinals and the good news for them is that they have plenty of needs that they could attack with that third overall pick um, from the original starting five the offensive line the Cardinals only have one starter under contract moving forward so those other four are either likely to retire or pending free agents. So they have decisions that can be made there um, on the defense. J.J. Watt retired and their other big defensive lineman, Zach Allen, pending free agent as a starting cornerback, Byron Murphy. So plenty of options um, defensively, especially that the Cardinals could really focus on with that third overall pick. So it'll be interesting to see if that's the decision they make or if somebody has a good enough offer for them and they're able to trade back. The only thing, of course, you have to look at is how many teams that the Cardinals do trade back, what are their needs? how many teams need a quarterback. If you drop back, are you going to be happy with the option of players you would have, however many spots? So options for the Cardinals, which I guess is good news. Manscaped is the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. Well, then also you have to think about what needs are addressed during free agency because that all plays into things. And do you? I know you mentioned there is no solid final count on the amount of draft picks, but what is it looking like as it stands right now? I believe that the Cardinals, I, I don't know off the top of my head if there's a round they don't have a pick in. I know from some of the trades they had made 
Um, I'd have to go back and look of the trade they made for Hollywood Brown last year where the Cardinals didn't have a first-round pick. Um, also trading for wide receiver Robbie Anderson with Carolina. So need to go back and look at some of those picks. But the Cardinals should have plenty to kind of start boosting up that depth and, and hopefully finding enough starters either through the draft or like you were talking about in free agency making some moves there. So totally different uh, kind of drafting strategy and just what's available on the 49ers side. So it's looking at 10 projected picks for San Francisco, but the earliest that those picks will come will be either be 99 or 100. Uh, so I think it's going to take a lot of leaning on the scouting department and John Lynch and Adam Peters to find those late round gems. I think they've set a really great precedent, obviously, for finding those. It's hard not to think immediately of Brock Purdy, very final pick of the 2022 draft and ended up being a starter very late in the season. Um, and yeah, just any other insight that you've picked up from your front office headed into you know, the combine that we're at right now or the draft? I think it's still a little early to, to understand what this team is really going to look like just because of the amount of pending free agents that the Cardinals have. And this staff that is just now reaching those final stages of being fully put together, they have a lot of evaluations that have to be done. And that goes back even to linebacker Isaiah Simmons and the Cardinals have until May to decide whether or not they want to pick up his fifth year option but Simmons was dubbed more of a star backer this past year not just playing as a linebacker but playing a lot of safety because he does have that unique skill set to play all around the field so this coaching staff is going to have to make that evaluation and decide what type of defense do they want to play where do they feel like Simmons where does Simmons himself feel like he can be the biggest asset to this team and so that's obviously going to play a role into whether or not they pick up his fifth year option in the next couple of weeks and months um, so there's plenty of decisions that have to be made it's the, the coaching staff just needs time to make those evaluations as they kind of round things out um, so we, we have to wait a couple of weeks I feel like to have a good idea of what the future of this team will really look like but I will say that people in the in the building are very excited about the direction things are going with new general manager and the head coach and I was going to ask in terms of just response from the fan base what have you seen just just from those Arizona Cardinal fans and the excitement that is that also being felt outside of the building absolutely um, and that's not a knock to the old coaching staff or, or front office by any means I think just feeling that excitement and that that burst of energy um, and having a little bit of change. And, and the Cardinals have had success in the last couple of years. However, they only have two home wins in the last two seasons. So change, I feel like the fans were feeling that they were wanting some change. And so now they got that. You got something a little different. Um, the Cardinals made the change from going from an offensive-minded head coach to now defensive-minded head coach. Um, so hopefully those changes kind of pan out. But I will say the excitement from the fans has been there just from what we've seen so far the last couple of weeks with Monty Awesomefort and Jonathan Gannon. And I look forward to seeing that enthusiasm. We played in Mexico for the home game with the Cardinals last season, so I didn't actually make it out to Glendale, Arizona, but I've heard great things. Um, and that kind of leads us to our fan-submitted questions portion of this. So Jessica from San Jose wanted to know, Danny, what was your favorite memory of that Mexico City game that we played? I will say Estadio Azteca was incredible to be in and and just from the standpoint of feeling the energy from the fans yes. and at halftime and the performances and just how loud it got I will say it did feel like it was louder for 49ers fans than Cardinals fans so that part was a little <laughs> difficult I will be honest the but faithful I, travel yes, very well they did travel very well um, but I really enjoyed being able to feel that energy from the fans I mean it was huge and and 
when you travel for the NFL, there aren't yeah. any stadiums like that that no. pack as many fans in. Um, so that was really cool. And just kind of being around Mexico City and, and being around a new culture. And, and I did think it was cool to see, you know, people walking around in Cardinals or 49ers gear or other NFL teams just kind of remembering like, oh, like, even all the way out here in Mexico City, there are NFL fans, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah, and I think also when you talk about just venues, there's so much history with Estadio Azteca, so it's just crazy to know that like Olympics have been there, World Cups have been hosted there, so definitely an amazing experience to be in Mexico City. Kind of, I've only covered one Super Bowl, but it, it did have the feeling of a Super Bowl, especially with that fourth quarter light show. I very, very much enjoyed that. <laughs> I didn't really enjoy the rain, though. I will say no, that that part was gone, not fun. Yeah, I could have If you would have traveled that. to Glendale, Arizona, there probably would have been rain. No. It would have been beautiful, I'll tell you that. <laughs> probably been um, just nice and balmy. It would have been perfect. Um, all right, so one more question, or actually a few more questions for you. All right, so J.J. Watt was an all-timer. What was your experience with him with your two seasons under your belt with the Cardinals? JJ was incredible to work with. Every time he spoke to the media, I felt like we learned something new, either about him or teaching us something about the game. He was the consummate professional. He would go into game mode and he would be very serious. And there are other times where you got to see the joke side of JJ um, and talking to his teammates about the type of jokester he is. And I feel like with HBO's Hard Knocks this past season, you really mm -hmm. got to see that side of JJ. Um, and, and I'm happy that he was able to go out on his terms after playing for as long as he did and, you know, going through as many injuries as he did, the fact that he was able to end his career healthy mm -hmm. and, and the way that he did. And he might not have been at his peak <laughs> in previous years, but the fact that he still led the team in sacks and he was still productive and offenses still had a game plan for him in the final year of his career. I'm glad that he was able to go out on his own terms. He was an incredible leader and you could see that oh, yes. without even hearing from his teammates talk about it, just not just on the field, but also how to handle yourself in the locker room or in the weight room and nutrition and all those kinds of things. And I'm hoping that that will kind of continue on his legacy, even though he won't be in the locker room, that the players learned enough from him for that to carry on. But he was wonderful to be around. This podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. I was really proud of the faithful because J.J. Watt did officially play his last NFL game at Levi Stadium. It was just great to see that the faithful gave him the send-off that he very much deserves. And I, I don't think the magnitude of his career was lost on anybody in Santa Clara. So that was very, very cool to see. It was very special, too, that there was a moment on the Jumbotron. Mm -hmm. And for an opposing team to do that at when it was an away game for the Cardinals, I think was just really classy, really well done. I was on the field when JJ came off the field at the Aww. end of the game for, well, end of his game yeah. for him and end <laughs> of his career. And the fact that the fans were chanting his name, again, like a road game for JJ Watt was just really incredible. Gave me goosebumps just hearing that. Well, when you talk about consummate professionals, again, I think that was a league-wide consensus on JJ Watt all around. Great guy. Um, all right, so this one is for the both of us. How competitive do you expect the NFC West to be? in 2023 two playoff teams uh, this past season so projections or early observations well it's interesting because if you know talking about this a year ago the Rams were coming off the Super Bowl and so mm -hmm. then to see the year that the Rams had it's kind of like oh well, I don't 
I don't really know Anything at this point. Anything can happen. With yes. the Seahawks and Geno Smith and what's yeah. going to happen there. We were kind of talking before we started rolling on the podcast. I was joking with you that it doesn't, seems like it doesn't matter how hurt or whatever the 49ers are going through, that you guys are always competitive. So you guys absolutely are going to be at the top of my list when you're talking about the <laughs> NFC West. Um, I am confident, though, that the Cardinals are going to be able to be confident. I know that there's a lot of things that have to be decided with some of those veteran free agents mm -hmm. we talked about and what needs to be done in the draft. The fact that Kyler Murray is not expected to be ready to start the season. We're not sure how many games that could mean. Again, it's all dependent upon how his rehab goes and the progress that he's making. Um, but what are the Cardinals going to do at quarterback? Are you going to stick with veteran quarterback Colt McCoy? Or are the Cardinals going to bring in another A veteran? veteran? Backup, Maybe yeah. someone who has experience with new offensive coordinator Drew Pensing or with Jonathan Gannon, our new head coach. So there's still questions that have to be answered. But I do think that the Cardinals have enough of the core pieces to where if you're able to fill in those gaps, if you're able to create the right type of depth, that they could still be competitive. Absolutely. So I, I, it sounds like the easy answer. I would still think that the 49ers, Cardinals, and Seahawks would be the top three. Kind of feels like the Rams would have more work to yeah, do. Yeah, I was about to say, I think there are, just given the amount of picks that the Rams are projected to have, which is lower and they don't have that first round pick, they're picking, I believe, early in the second round. But again, that does kind of affect how things go. I would say there's there's going to be a lot of competitive, uh, com it'll be a very competitive 2023 between between all the teams. And um, the Seahawks have the two, Seahawks, first, two first round right. picks for the Seahawks. So definitely something to look out for there. They have that trade for, or the pick from the Russell Wilson trade and then their own first round pick. So, and then, yeah, so much depends on whether comeback player of the year, Geno Smith is re-signed, kind of what his future looks like. Uh, as terms of the 49ers, I think there's a lot of foundational pieces that are locked down at least through the 2023 season. So uh, hopefully another opportune and very competitive 2023. Um, obviously some question marks in terms of just health of the quarterbacks, but that will sort itself out in due time. And then um, John Lynch said kind of the theme of this draft is just going to be adding depth, um, particularly offensive line, safety and cornerback are probably the positions of need for the 49ers. So just interested to see how those needs are filled either through the combine or free agency. A little bit of different draft needs for the two teams, 49ers for depth and the Cardinals still looking for a few starters at some positions, but. It happened, it's just a, a natural turnover. Unfortunately, you can't keep a roster intact. It's impossible just with the way contracts work out and salary caps to keep everyone intact. Although um, I do know that 2022 roster was very, very highly touted in the NFL and very close in terms of a locker room. All right, um, and just since you were the veteran here in terms of combine, what is your best advice for na navigating this very busy week-long event? <sighs> Try and get as much sleep <laughs> as possible, which isn't always easy. I, I personally love events like the combine or the Pro Bowl, not just from the content, side of things but also just being able to talk with people around the league like yourself that we really don't get a lot of opportunities yeah. to be face to face with people from no, around the league other yeah. team reporters national reporters things of that nature so I love being able to see old friends meet new ones and and that kind of leads to everyone congregating at dinners or going out for drinks after and so it's trying to get as much sleep as <laughs> possible because the days somehow go by quick and are also very long at the same time. Yes. I, you were up very early this morning, so I totally feel you. Yes, we had a very early shoot with our new head coach and um, our new coordinators. They. 
They went for, I, I don't want to say bright and early workout because it was early, but it was not bright. bright. It was still very <laughs> the dark. The sun was, in fact, not out at that time. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Danny, and I, I will see you twice next year no matter what. So. I'm excited. Thanks for having me on, Lindsay. Of course. Thank you, guys. And to submit your fan-submitted questions, head to 49ers.com slash mailbag, and stay tuned for the next episode coming straight from the Combine. Thank you.